Tokusatsu, taking the form of many shows including Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, and Metal Heroes. And today, a group of fans come together to review it for you as Toku Secrets. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Toku Secrets podcast presented by AnimeSecrets.org. I am your host, Nathan Desaw. Well guys, um, we're finally here. Uh, we have reached a thrilling conclusion for the series that we've come back with, uh, that being Gokaiger. Today, even though we'll be doing a very special uh, return review next time, uh, we will be wrapping up the series proper of Gokaiger by taking a look at their final three episodes, all of which, all of which combine to basically become their in-game arc. Episodes 49 through 51. We're finally here. I hope you guys are excited as I am. And of course, as per usual, I have people here to help me out. So go ahead and introduce yourself, guys. Hey, it's Rizwan, and I'm here to make it Zoe one last time. So let's get into it. One last sale. Yep. That's Anthony Davis, by the way. Good place. As you can tell. So, right. So a couple of things. Uh, so we don't really have much uh, for the uh, Ranot section uh, as far as Tokusatsu news is concerned. Uh, the only thing that I found, and even then, this is uh, something that popped up on my Instagram feed. On a, it's a, um, it's a guy. He does a lot. Of, he posts a lot of Tokusatsu stuff. His he's called uh, Blaze Toys. Um, he recently. Uh, posted a photo of a rumor. Now, again, these are rumors that have been circulating around, but they appear to be getting somewhat stronger. That um, the Sentai that will be coming out next year, Dawn Brothers, is supposed to be a sequel to Zinkaiger. And apparently, um, in the last few episodes of Zinkaiger, since, you know, Zinkaiger will be uh, wrapping up uh, very soon, uh, I'm pretty sure that... Uh, I'm pretty sure that Sentai's are now starting to premiere in March, so we got a couple of months before that happens. But uh, apparently, the new leader of Don Brothers is going to be appearing um, in these last couple of episodes. Now, um, again, re remember these are rumors, ladies and gentlemen. So we shouldn't take it with uh, that. We shouldn't uh, take it that seriously. But they continue to pop up. They appear to be pretty strong, and uh, I'm uh, I'm curious how that'll happen. Uh, I believe I said this in a previous video when we talked about this, and if I haven't, then I'll just uh, say it again. Um, we've only had one Sentai before that was actually a direct sequel to its previous Sentai. Uh, that would be Sun Vulcan, which was apparently a um, a uh, direct sequel to Dingy Man. Uh, but not really. The only thing that was similar was that uh, they got the main villain from Dingy Man, uh, and she was actually played by uh, Machiko Soga, who played Witch Bondora, and uh, she was in uh, she was in Power Rangers in season one as Rita, since they you always use Sentai footage of Witch Bondora for Rita. Mm -hmm. So we know we know her here in the United States. Um, mm -hmm. She. Uh, 
she was apparently a main villain in Dingy Man, and they brought her over for Sun Vulcan. And apparently, there was originally supposed to be like the first episode of Sun Vulcan was supposed to be like a team up episode between Dingy Man and Sun Vulcan, but it didn't happen. So, and keep in mind that was the Showa era, so they didn't uh, they didn't exactly put as much effort into story, especially back then, since that was like literally the fifth Sentai, I think. So, um. I'm curious how they'll try to do it now, consider, um, considering how they tend to put more emphasis on story these days. It'll be interesting to see how Zen Kaiser ends, if these rumors are in fact true, um, and how that'll lead into Don Brothers. What do you guys think? Well, so I think I'm the only one of the three of us, and this is the first time I can say this on this podcast, I'm the only one of the group of us that has seen Zen Kaiser at all. Um, I'm currently on episode. I'm, I'm I'm watching all the way through. Oh, you are. Yeah, I'm 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 watching the whole thing. Oh well, never mind then. I thought I was the only one. Okay, anyway, yeah, I've been keeping up with it. Yeah, I've been keeping um, up with it. I'm on episode thirteen or fourteen. I've lost track, but. I I actually like Zenkaiser a lot. Um, a lot of people on Reddit trash on it for having the uh, the odd mech characters be like people, but honestly, it works in a weird way. Um, so not to get too much into it because I do want to do a proper Zenkaiser review in the future with these guys, but I gotta oh, say, absolutely. These characters are really good. Um, there's only one character I don't like, but I don't like him not because it's bad, badly written, but because the character irritates me. Um, and I'm talking about Yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you talking about uh, Zenkai Zenkai Gao Gaon? Yeah, Gao Gaon is. An annoying character in the first couple of episodes, super irritating to me. I'm not gonna lie to you; he really is. Yeah, but, I can already tell. But and over, believe it or not, overall, he's actually voiced by Aaron Ye- Aaron Yeager from um Second Titan. I'm not surprised. Um, but overall, <laughs> the character like if they have like an overlap of characters, I'm all for it. Especially to bring over two Kaiser. I love the character to place two Kaiser. What do you think, Anthony? Yeah. Oh, I love him. He's he, yeah, like he just. I think when I first saw him, I was just like, "Wow, this actually is actually kind of cool." What he even sing too. And I promise, <laughs> relevant. I promise, two Kaiser is relevant to the podcast, Nathan, because he is the. Uh, embodiment of Gokaiser's powers and Zenkaiser. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's a very fascinating character to me for many reasons, but the the best reason is just he's a phenomenal character to me. I I love his character so far. Uh, he does stuff that's kind of different from the typical pirate, which I like. Yeah. But overall, I think. I wouldn't have a problem if they made a sequel out of this. I'm just concerned with 
So I know it's not going to be a concern for too much longer, but until Hasbro can get um, their universe created and they have their original content made, they're still reliant on a Sentai footage until they break away officially. Yeah, and that could be that could be next season. It could be season after. We don't know. But in either case, um, at this point, the Zenkaiser season, in my opinion, is going to be very difficult to translate into English. I don't know how they're going to do it. And that's mainly because of the uh, mech-like characters we have. It, it's the same concern I kind of have with Zero there, but not as much. Well, they are skipping Sentai's now in Power Rangers, so for all that we know, uh, they could uh, they could probably just do like uh, I don't know. The only one that I've seen uh, recently that looks like it would be the easiest to adapt is uh, Kira Major. I think it's pronounced. Um, yeah, Kira Major is pretty easy to adapt from what I've read about it. Um, yeah, Kira Major. In, in theory, they could adapt Kira Ranger. Yeah, the one that preceded uh, Kim Care Major, but the issue there is they'd have a huge cast. Yeah, I think that's like what twelve Rangers, something like that. Yeah, two Rangers it started yeah. off with nine. Yeah, they they have a obscene number of characters. So well, I'm just I'm just happy that they seem to be. Uh... I really hope that they do something like that because I want to see Sentai just try some different stuff because it seems like, because uh, they def I know, I can tell that they're trying to, like, you know, find a new identity these days. So, you know, if they want to do a direct sequel, that would be great because, you know, funnily enough, they also did a sequel with Kamen Rider early on. Um, Agito was, yeah. like, kind of portrayed as a direct sequel. To Kuga, so, but again, that was really early in the Heisei era. Like, uh, it was like in the early two thousands. So, I'd like to see how a direct sequel series in any Tokusatsu show would work in today's world of Tokusatsu, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'd be very interested as well for that. Um, I think. One thing that I would probably say here is if we're going to make a sequel season, Zenkaiser's not a bad place to begin with that. Um, because they have... And this would be a slight spoiler, Nate, but not really okay. for Zenkaiser. Um, the the premise is they they're in a multiverse and the parents of uh, the main character created the gears that they're using to do their transformations in a different, to use different Sentai powers because they observed these different Sentais in their own respective universes and copied the powers like it's a copycat kind mm -hmm. of thing for their own world to have their own Sentai team. So it's perfect if they want to use that because then they have the multiverse to play with here. Mm -hmm. Mm 
So they're building the basis by saying, hey, look, here's how all the Sentai are really connected. Because with Gokai's there, which we'll talk about a little bit more later on, I mean, yeah, they're all connected in that the powers are here, but they don't ever truly explain all the interconnections of every single Sentai, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and Sentai's are to give an answer to, okay, they're all in a multiverse, living on Earth or whatever. Um, and I, I buy that answer a lot more than I buy, oh, just we have, you know, 35 Sentai teams living on the same planet, and some of them are still active, but they never interacted until this season. Yep. So the multiverse thing makes a lot yep. more sense to me. It'll be an interesting thing to look at, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but overall, um, for Dealzill back home, I, I recommend Zen Kaiser so far. I, I don't care what it says, it's good. Yeah, let's not really uh, worry about what the majority fandom says because uh, we definitely have a lot of unpopular opinions among the fandom. Because, like I yeah. said, I love I love Go Onger, but nobody lo- likes it. So, well, that's a pity. Yeah. Did right, you guys well, have any uh, other news related stuff? I don't recall seeing anything of interest this week. So, no. Okay. What about you, Anthony? Uh, as of late, um, I know I did finish uh, Comrade Kiva. That was actually not, not a bad, not a season um, of Comrade. That's a vampire theme um, one. It could have been a lot better, so I'll give it like. It was the it's bat themed and like it kind of is like vampire themed, but it's like more or less like the main writer is like uh, uh is involved with like fighting these like creatures that suck people's souls out and stuff. Oh, okay. He's got a thing that like bites him yeah, and then he, he like, on his with, like a... Okay, that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll get to that one eventually because I'm trying to get through and the haste yeah, yeah, right now. So uh, power ups who are actually monster. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think I'm trying to figure out what else I should watch next. I might watch um, Dino. I might watch Dino next. Oh yeah, Dino was like a fan favorite. I'm not sure if you watched it yet. I yeah, haven't heard about it. No. Okay. Well, we're gonna. Uh, one last okay. thing that I kind of remembered. Um, it's not Toku per se. Jason David Frank has been working on a film with Jason Font and Serena Vincent from Lost Galaxy and a couple of other people like Sierra Hannah and. It's called Legend of the White Dragon. It was a crowdfunded thing where they got a. It was either a GoFundMe or a um, Indiegogo thing or whatever. Yeah. And they raised, like, way more money than, you know, they needed. So they're making a feature-length film out of it with Bat in the Sun. And they released the first trailer for it two days ago. 
Mm-hmm. And that trailer actually looks pretty good for what it was. I, I'm actually very interested to see this movie now. But I'm also a slight bit biased because I did donate like, I don't know, 20 bucks to it. Well, hopefully it turns out good because I do know that uh, Jason David Frank has always had a, like, I've I've watched him in interviews sometimes and I feel like he's always had a passion for, like, making, like, not just, you know, acting, but I I can tell that he's had, like, a desire to, like, somewhat, like, direct and, not necessarily direct, but at least produce some of his own work, so. Yeah. Because I know he wrote a couple of uh, screenplays for movies. Yeah. No, I'm really excited. That dude, he's trying. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, he's... The movie, to me, signifies that he's giving up some of the Tommy identity to go into something else. And I'm really liking that here. Yeah. Though he doesn't fully give it up because the suit does look like a modified Mighty Morphin White Ranger outfit. Yeah, I've seen that outfit. It looks really cool, though. It does, and I'm excited. Also, his daughter's in the movie, Jenna. Well, that'll be interesting. Yeah. 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 Well, hopefully it works out, because I I, I just remember watching his interview from uh, No Pink Spandex. Now, granted, that interview was done, like, quite some time ago at like the second power Morphicon, which is, was in like 2009 where he talked about some of his uh, pet projects for film. So it, it's nice that he's getting one of his big projects kind of greenlit a little yeah. bit. Well, I mean, it's better than the other projects that Rangers have tried to do in the past. Like the order that was run by, um, was it Nakia? I think so. I think it was Karen. No, no, no. I think it was Karen who did it, actually. I'm bad. My bad. Oh, um, uh, Karen Karen Ashley. Karen Ashley. Yeah. 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 Um, That was looking like a really badass movie, but they 100% stopped giving updates on that thing like two, three years ago. And I'm still going to wait and see. Yeah. So it's yeah. nice to see a Ranger fan project finally come to fruition because I've seen so many other projects try and they just don't make it. So that's all I had. Uh, we can move on to the review. Okay. So as I said at the beginning, okay. uh, ladies uh-huh. and gentlemen, uh, we're going to be wrapping up our Gokaiger review, at least the series proper, um, today by taking a look at episodes 49 through 51, which is uh, which are all basically the in-game story arc. Now, we're not going to uh, go through all the details in explicit detail. Um, I'm just going to give a general rundown of the whole story. Uh, try to keep it... Uh, we'll talk about some of the details... Uh, at the end, when we're reviewing the thing. Uh, briefly, though, I'm going to give you guys a recap on where we are. Um, the Gokaijers got three new Grand Powers in our previous video. Um, they received the Grand Power of the Mega Ranger, Battle Fever J, and Kaku Ranger. 
they and while they were battling uh, one of the main Zanyak generals, Damaris, they found out that Bosco has stolen two more grand powers, giving them five. There was a um, the Gokaijers had their final confrontation with Bosco. We had a really awesome fight that still is probably the best fight in all of Super Sentai, and they defeated Bosco, and now they have all nice. 34 Grand Powers. So that leads us to episode 49, which is titled The Thing That the Gokaijers Have Been Looking For This Entire Series, The Greatest Treasure in the Universe. So, as the episode begins, uh, we get a brief moment where the Gokaijers are worried about whether or not they can use the five grand powers that Bosco stole because they didn't earn them fairly, but then uh, they kind of gloss over that because uh, the Ranger Keys all react and they get approached by visions of uh, former Rangers from the from that team from those teams, uh, which include uh, uh, for Sun Vulcan you have Tabiyuki Hiba, who was the second Vol Eagle. Uh, for Change Man you have Sho Hayate, uh, Change Griffin. For Flash Man, you have Die or Green Flash. Um, Mask Man, you have Akira, who was Blue Mask. And for Five Man, you have Remy Hoshikawa, who is the who was Five Yellow. The Gokaijers get their approval, and with the thirty-four Grand Powers formally obtained, um, the Gokaijers then remember that Bosco kind of unintentionally revealed to them when they were disguising themselves as his Ranger Key clones that Navi is supposed to be adored of a treasure. Um, so after, you know, kind of messing around with Navi a little bit, they um, the Ranger Keys suddenly react and they turn Navi into a door, which leads to the greatest treasure in the universe, although they have to uh, unlock the door with... Uh, the 34 red Ranger Keys, which is a cool touch. They find the greatest treasure in the universe, which is this pyramid-like thing that literally looks like the Triforce from The Legend of Zelda. Um, and the treasure reveals... Um, it really it's hard to... Yeah, it does. It's really amazing how much it does. Uh, the treasure starts speaking... It's mm -hmm. apparently the will of the Earth. Um, the Great Treasure reveals that um, basically, with the Great Treasure, you have power over the entire universe. You can be given one wish from the Great Treasure, um, which allows you to shape the universe in any way you want. So, of course, the Gokaijers all want to do you know, all want to do some stuff, you know, like, uh, uh, I am and Don want to, uh, revive their home worlds. Joe wants to save his friend, Sid, uh, Luca wants to revive her sister and they all want to stop the Zanyak. But unfortunately, before they can use the, um, use the great treasure, they find out that if they were to use the great treasure, that would result in, the Super Sentai powers being erased, um, since the since the um, uh, the Great Treasure will take the power from the Ranger Keys. So they're thinking about what to do because they don't want to just give up the Super Sentai. But before they can think about it any further, they get attacked by Insarn and her own giant robot. Um, 
And it's established earlier in the episode that the Zanyak are about to have reinforcements arrive. So Insarm wants to kill the Gokaijers to prove herself to Actoskill. Um, the Gokaijers fight off Insarm, during which they show off uh, some of their new grand powers. Uh, for example, uh, they use the Change Man. Um, well, actually, no, 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 no. We'll talk more about the uh, about the details with the grand powers uh, a little bit later. Um, but long story short, they uh, they defeat Insarm's giant robot, and they fight her with each of the Gokaijers transforming into one of the uh, into uh, one of the Rangers that gave them the grand power, mostly being the matching color. It's a it's a pretty cool battle because uh, during each of the fights where we show one of the Gokaijers fighting, we get the instrumental theme songs of those Sentais played briefly. Like, for example, uh, when Marvelous becomes Vol Eagle and he's battling Insarn, you can hear the Sun Vulcan theme song in the background. It's pretty cool. I, uh, I love the Mask Man theme song, by the way. Um, but anyway, uh, the Gokaijers defeat Insarn. Um, so this it so that pretty much means that all four of the original villains, uh Warzugil, uh Domaris, Barizorg, and her are all destroyed. Um the Gokaijers are celebrating their victory, but as they do, the Zanyak shows up with a massive fleet that like literally covers the entire sky. Um uh Dawn even remarks that it's even bigger than the one that they attacked with before against the other Super Sentai, and the episode ends as the Gokaijers are attacked. That then moves us to episode 50, The Day of Battle, um, where the Gokaijers try to fight off the Zanyak with uh, Gokaio and Gojujin, and they throw a bunch of Grand Powers at them, including using two Grand Powers that uh, we haven't seen them use before. Again, we'll get to those, um, we'll get to those in a little bit. Um, but of course, you know, much like, uh, much like, uh, Power Rangers in space and Countdown to Destruction, you know, they're fighting well, you know, they're holding their own for a little while, but unfortunately, because this is the final episode where the villains are throwing everything they have at you, it's just too much. Um, they get overwhelmed, their mechs all get blown out of the, blown out of the air. I'm pretty sure, uh, I think, uh, I think Gojujin might actually get destroyed for good here, although, who knows. Um, but anyway, uh, the Gokaijers are all defeated, um, and Actos Gil does something similar to what Astronoma did in Countdown to Destruction. Um, you know, kind of talking about how he's going to destroy the Earth. Uh, the Gokaijers all rush back to the Galleon uh, to... Uh, try to use the great treasure so that they can stop the Zanyak since they think that's the only way. And uh, and they're all split up, by the way. And as they're all making their way back, they all run into uh, different people. A uh, guy runs into Goshi, who's the former Mammoth Ranger from G Ranger, who helps him save a woman and her son. Uh, Luca and I am run into uh, the family that uh, the the woman and her daughter that had the baby in the Go Go Five tribute episode. Uh, Joe and Don see uh, two former ally characters. They see uh, Professor Amachi, who was like an ally of the Ghost Sagers, and then this girl named Yuka Yamazaki, who's um, who is kind of like a classmate. And she uh, Kai, who was uh, Maji Red from Maji Ranger, had a crush on her, 
and she actually gives this kid a uh, a Maji Red doll, which is cute. Um, and Marvelous runs into that kid that they met in the uh, in the second episode, and they all come back to the Galleon, and uh, Guy Guy wants to use the Great Treasure because it's revealed in a flashback that Goshi um, told him that they. All they want is for the Zanyak to be destroyed so that they can keep the world safe and they're willing to give up their powers in history to do that. Um, so he's ready to use it, but the Gokaijers are thinking, yeah, how about no? Um, because they dis because meeting all those people has kind of caused them to realize just how important Super Sentai is to Earth and how they're a lot more than just heroes. Like, they're a symbol of, like, the bravery of Earth. And they also uh, don't want to use it to um, erase their painful past because, you know, th and this is a pretty epic moment, and it's actually a really... Um, and it's made even better by the music. Uh, that music that's playing in the background, it's called uh, Gurin no Pride. Um, that's probably my favorite song from the Gokaiger soundtrack, just with the guitar riff. <laughs> That happens there. That's my favorite Gokaiger song. Um, uh, they just kind of realize, like, yeah, a lot of messed up stuff has happened to us, but it turned us into the people we are now. So, you know, we can't deny who we are now, which is pretty good character development. Um, and uh, so they decide that they're going to fight the Zangyak back with their bare hands. Um, Guy agrees, and they destroy the Great Treasure, which causes Marvelous to declare him a full-fledged pirate. Um, then the next morning, uh, the Zanyak attack again. They're led by Actos Gill's uh, um, General Durando, but then the Gokaijers arrive, and they, they fight off some of the Zanyak's ground forces, and then prepare to face Durando as the 50th episode ends. Now we will move on to the final episode, Farewell Space Pirates. So, uh, a lot happens in this episode, um, naturally, because it's the last episode. Um, the Gokaigers battle Rondo. The Zanyak fleet shows up and they start blasting this, but the Navi shows up to help the Gokaijers. He, she apparently found Bosco's old ship, ram the Zanyak's capital ship, Gigant uh, they def um, the other Gokaijers defeat Durando with the Gokai Galleon Buster, while Marvelous uh, hijacks the uh, the guns of the Gigant Horse and uses it to fire on all the uh, Zanyak ships to basically wipe out the fleet. Uh, Marvelous and Guy then shoot at the um, the controls, which causes the Gigant Horse to lose control, and it gets sent flying into. And it gets sent into a nosedive and crashes on Earth. But luckily, uh, Guy and Marvelous escape. But uh, Actos Gill also does, unfortunately. Uh, the Gokaijers all come together. Actos Gill is, you know, vowing that he'll win. But then the Gokaijers give a big speech about how they got all the power of the Super Sentai behind them so they can't lose. Um, 
they do their final henshin, which, uh, which uh, nor- normally in Sentai, this is where they do an un, where they do like a unhenshined uh, pose, roll call. Like instead of them doing uh, their poses in like their ranger suits, they do it in their civilian form. And they kind of do it here because we see them uh, without their helmets doing the poses. But that's still, uh, I don't know, I would have liked to seen them without their suits on doing that. But that's just a nitpick. Um, they battle Acto Skill. They throw a bunch of uh, Gokai changes at them, during which they transform into at least one Ranger from uh, every Sentai. And uh, there's actually a f- couple of really cool, unique Gokai changes here, which uh, I'll list off when we're done here. Um, but to cut a long story short, uh, they, they beat Acto Skill down. Um, he still proves to be strong because he resists most of their attacks, but then, uh, but then the Gokaijers uh, shoot him with the Gokai Gallium Buster at point blank, uh, where Guy actually wields the Gokai Gallium Buster there. Um, um, they defeat Acto Skill. Uh, the Gokaijers are, and yeah, Acto Skill is destroyed. The Zanyak is defeated. Um, and. The Gokaijers cheer on their victory, um, and, you know, they're just all, you know, resting in the sun, which feels cool. And then we cut to a few months later, uh, the Gokaijers are eating curry at the same restaurant that they went to in the first episode, the Snack Safari. Um, and it's apparently said in a newspaper that the Zanyak is, ba- even though the Zanyak hasn't been fully defeated, they're basically imploding because they don't have a, they don't have a leader. Um, Marvelous says that they're going to go after the second greatest treasure in the universe, which he thinks is on the Zanyak homeworld. Uh, the Gokadgers head back to the Galleon, which uh, Don has since repaired. They run into the same children that they saved in the first episode, and much like the first episode, the children thank them for saving them, and then uh, they play up the whole smug pirate of like, oh, we weren't trying to save you. The Zanyak were just in our way. And we didn't like that, so we just said, screw you, Zanyak, and we killed them. You know, which is funny, but uh, Marvelous still uh, waves back at the kids, though. Um, The Gokadgers all um, get into the galleon. Marvelous decides that that they don't have any more use for the Ranger Keys, so he dumps the Ranger Keys out. They all go back to their rightful owners. Um, the Gokaijers then sail off, although Marvelous briefly sees Akka Red, who nods to him before vanishing. Uh, as the credits roll, we see the Gokaijers kind of just doing their normal stuff, like, you know, Joe is working out, Don is, you know, cooking, and Luca's counting her money, and we see a bunch of former Sentai Rangers getting their Ranger keys. And there's actually a cool moment here, um that I briefly want to point out. Um, we see two Die Rangers get their Ranger keys back. Uh, Shoji, the former Tenma Ranger, and Kazu, Kirin Ranger. What's funny is that apparently the guy who played uh, Shoji, um, but he really liked the Ranger keys, and he apparently made his own custom uh, Tenma Ranger Ranger key, which you can tell is different because if you look at the Ranger key in his hand, at that moment, he it has a little bit more details on the chest. Like the actual Ranger keys are just plain white on the chest, but his has like colors 
down the front of the chest and on the uh, on the breast logo. So he's actually using his own uh, custom Ranger key there. That's a pretty cool touch. Um, but anyway, uh, we see all these former Sentai Rangers. I'll go over them a little bit later. Uh, we see uh, Suyoshi Kaijo, the former Aka Ranger, get his Ranger key. He wishes the Gokaijers well. Then he transforms into Aka Ranger and walks off. And the episode, as well as the series, ends with the Gokaijers leaving Earth and sailing off into space in the Gokai Galleon for their next adventure. And as, and I'm pretty sure I speak for all of us as we say the title of this episode, Farewell, Space Pirates. And with that, we have reached the conclusion of Gokaiger. Okay, that was a lot. <laughs> it was so beautiful. I can't believe it. <laughs> So, first things I will say beyond the fact that it's such a beautiful ending, um, there are at least, let me count them out real quick. I would say three distinct times where the Gokaisers do something that just bring a tear to the eye, and like just how wild or not, like, externally emotional or wanting to show their own emotion, dude, they can they can make you feel for them because when they're telling Guy, we're not going to use the greatest treasure in the world to do what you want to do. We're going to do it our way, the pirate way. That was a very strong moment for them. That was huge. Um, because it's at that point in my belief at that point that they have gone from being pirates looking for treasure to have finally after 49 episodes or 50 episodes, whatever to accept the role as a super sentai. Finally. Mm-hmm. What do y'all think? Yeah. I would say so. I mean, marvelous right. this little uh, speech before the fact that. Sorry, Anthony. Go ahead. You there, Anthony? Well, uh, <clears throat> yeah, kind of, uh, I couldn't hear y'all for a second. Like the minute it got quiet, all of a sudden, then I heard Nathan talk, and I, but then I, it stopped all of a sudden. Uh, that's all. Go, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, you, you guys are kind of breaking up on me. Oh. Um, uh, no, what I was about to say was that um, Anthony, if you're trying to talk, we don't hear you, bro. That sounds. Uh, I'm trying. Oh, you don't? Oh, hang on. Give me one hey, second, okay? This was great. So while Anthony gets that resolved, uh, Nathan, you're going to say something. Yeah, I think uh, the thing that really stood out to me yeah. was uh, Marvelous's big speech um, just before the uh, 
final battle begins where he talks about how he wants to like it really shows just how full circle he's come where he says he's going to risk his life to protect earth because that's what a super sentai does that always gives me chills every time that happens yeah uh, and like i said that whole exchange that they have about the great treasure um i i remember watching that moment quite a few times when um you know, on repeat, just because it was always really powerful. And again, I think the main reason why I love it is because I love that song that plays in the background where it starts off kind of, you know, first of all, I'm just going to say this, Gokaiger probably has one of the greatest, one of the best uh, uh, original soundtracks as far as the background music is concerned. Oh like, my god, yes. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and that song that plays during the, um, during their little, uh, uh, talk with Guy is pro- probably one of my favorites uh, ever. Um, just because, you know, it starts off really mysterious, like, you know, and then it goes into like, uh, you know, like a bit of a gentle thing. And then it starts to rev up with a guitar rift when they start talking about how, you know, they can't give up the Super Sentai because, you know, Super Sentai is a lot... It's a really deep thing because, you know, you could easily give up the Super Sentai to stop the Zanyak, but mm-hmm. Super Sentai are a lot more than just heroes. Like, they're symbols, you know, like, they're symbols yeah. where, like, mm-hmm. Earth needs to know that they're there to keep them safe. And if you just erase that, who does, who does Earth have to look, fo- look to in times of crisis after that? You know, yeah. it's it's right. kind of similar to yeah. like My Hero Academia with how they constantly talk about how All Might is the symbol of peace. And when All Might leaves, who's going to take over for All Might? You know, like, right. it, it's mm-hmm. the same thing with the Super Sentai, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Anthony, gonna... now that you're back, you want to talk? Yeah, yeah. So I had some weird... Uh, miscommunication on my end. I don't know why I couldn't hear y'all for a second for like a couple minutes. It kept going in and out. Um no problem. what I was about to say was was yeah, what I was about to say was was that um yeah Nathan definitely is right about how like the these guys are definitely like a symbol. Um I know it I know at first when they when they first arrived to Earth they were not really concerned about like, you know, Earth that much, they're just kind of just like, oh, well, we're to the treasure of the universe, and then we're, once we get it, we're on our way and leave. And as time progressed, they slowly were like starting to appreciate Earth more and more to the point where they would have literally, if this, if the Gokaijers from the beginning of the series had did all, I did, had got the uh, rich treasure of the universe sooner. They would have been, uh, immediately wished wish for their wish for their um stuff like they normally would have. You know, when on station. Yeah. I also feel like they grew they grow as like people too, like especially like people like Joe, I'm and like Doc and you know Luca, especially even Guy. Oh yeah. Because as I mean... much as like Guy was like a fanatic of Super Sentai, like, he legit told, like, four members, like, no, we can't give you our power, we can't give you these Ranger Keys, you know, like, as much as we, I would love that, but we can't give them to you. 
Well, it's not only that, but he also grows in his strength. I mean, he starts off mm-hmm. complete fanboy, completely obnoxious, and he ends up, um, you know, he's still a nerd. He's still going to be, like, freaking out whenever he says any former Sentai member. Even, like, I'm going to obviously very, I'm going to brush over this real quick. I'm not going to give detail, but when Guy sees legacy uh, Sentai members in the 10 years later movie, he still freaks out. He still got that energy of like, oh my god, these are my senpai. I must respect him and love them with all my heart. That never goes away. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's also become more confident in his abilities. I mean, he's grown to be stronger in that he he believes at least a little bit in the pirate way now. Yep. Yeah. Um. So the other thing that was a very emotionally charged moment is when um they f- they defeat the Zaniac and. They're just kind of in disbelief that they finally did it. And then they all just celebrate by hooting and hollering. Yeah. I felt for them, guys. Like, I really felt for them. It wasn't just like a, all right, mm-hmm. they didn't move on. But you could feel the energy of, they. we finally did it. It's over. The Zaniac are done. Because the way they just kind of fall back, that is... A very nice touch on whoever decided to do that for them. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, the final battle, I'll also say, is uh, pretty uh, pretty well handled. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, there was only one way that you could do it. You know, just kind of uh, throwing a bunch of, uh, you know, a barrage of, like, all these um, Gokai changes. Um yeah. And what I really love about that, you know, I kind of want to bring this up. Uh, you know, there were um, a lot of the Gokai changes that they did in the final battle were actually really creative. Um, they did a, like, they start off with uh, each one kind of transforming into one of the first, into a ranger from one of the first five. Like, Marvelous does Aka Ranger from Go Ranger. Joe does Diajack from Jaka. Um, Don is Battle Kenya from Battle Fever J. Uh, Dingimon, you have I am as Dingy Pink and Luca. You have Vol Panther from Sun Vulcan. Uh, they do. Um, uh, they did this one where uh, uh, where all these Rangers are ninjas. Where uh, Luca transforms into Yellow Mask. Don is Dinah Black. Um, and then, because uh, both of those guys, even though they're not ninja themed Sentais, the characters were actually ninjas. Um, uh, ninja White for I Am and Shurikinger for Guy. Um, they did this one where uh, Marvelous Joe and Dawn all transform into like car based Rangers, which was cool. Um, mm-hmm. there, was, there was one where. Um, uh, according to uh, Ranger Wiki, this is apparently shown as uh, like an all leader change. Um, where uh, so Marvelous is O Red, 
Um, Joe is, uh, and that makes sense because you know, oh, Red. I mean, Red Ranger leader. Okay, whatever. Um, right. Joe. Joe is go blue. Um, I've watched. I've seen Go Go Five all the way through. Um, I guess like go blue was a was kind of a leader. I mean, he was second in command. Actually, funnily enough, I think blue That's is true, only, yeah. blue is the only color I think where I haven't seen a leader. Um, yellow, you have yellow lion uh, for uh, for Luca, which I've seen live. Man, I don't think yellow lion would have been the leader. You would have been better off with uh, Geki Yellow there because Geki Yellow was the leader in Geki Ranger. Uh, Mega Black for Don, he was definitely the leader. Um, uh, Time Pink for I am, and even whether you've seen Time Force or you've seen Time Ranger, you know that Pink is the leader in that show. Um, Obviously. And then Don was King Ranger. Don't know how that works. I guess maybe King Ranger was like the leader of uh, the original battle against the Baranoia in O Ranger. But probably the best one that they do, uh, and I love what the, uh, what the Mo Byron announces. They all transform into uh, powered up into uh, Sentai Rangers from their powered up forms. And the Mo Byron announces Super Ranger, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, Marvelous does Hyper Shinken Red, which is uh, the shark attack mode from Samurai. Uh, you have Super Gose Blue, uh, that's uh, Mega Force and Ultra Mode. Uh, Super Geki Yellow, uh, Jungle Fury Yellow, Jungle Master Mode. Uh, Deck of Green and Swap Mode. That's pretty self-explanatory from SPD. Um, and uh, I am does uh, Legend Maji Pink, uh, which is uh, Mystic mm. Legend Mode from Mystic Force. Uh, and this is pretty unique because I think the only other time that we saw the Gokaijers use a, uh, a Super Ranger form, and even then, I don't know if you could call that a Super Ranger form because they get this mode really early in the series. Sorry for that spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Marvelous did use uh, Abar mode, which is the equivalent of Super Dino mode in a Power Rangers Dino Thunder during the Abar Ranger tribute episode. But that's the mm. only time that I that I recall them using power alternate powered up modes. Besides, funnily enough, uh, the fiftieth episode that we just went over, where uh, Don transforms into a Dragon Ranger, and then he transports the Dragon Shield. To uh, marvelous, while he's a uh, uh, Tyranno Ranger, to give you know to have him transform into the armed Tyranno Ranger, which is like the red Mighty Morphin Power Ranger with the Dragon Shield. That was pretty cool. But yeah, those yeah, uh, all I have had his Thick War too. Yeah, it, it was really cool how they kind of went, you know, with a little bit more, like instead of just doing like the stereotypes like all blue all red all this and that they they try to change it up and like do a couple of different themes i definitely liked how they did that um and i um and just a brief note also uh we did see some new grand powers in these final two episodes uh the change man grand power let's uh Let's Gokaio uh, summon Earth Power, which is the power source of uh, the Change Man, and like shoot Earth Power from the cannon on its chest. Uh, the Masked Man Grand Power gives uh, Gokaio Aura Power, which is what the Masked Man use, and it lets it do this karate chop. Um, 
Probably the coolest one we got revealed is that the Mega Ranger Grand Power, this is apparently a Go Jujin Grand Power, and I, I, it sucks how they didn't use this earlier in the series. It allows Go Jujin to uh, summon the wings of the Mega Winger, which was the uh, mech of Mega Silver, and yes, even in Super Sentai, it was called the Mega Winger. That's also what it was called in Power Rangers, too. Um, uh, to allow Go Jujin to fly... And then they also use the Dynaman Grand Power to do what else? Uh, summon explosions. Um, which means that uh, I don't want to list them all, but uh, there were a couple of Grand Powers that we ne ultimately never got to see. Uh, I'm not going to list them all, but it does suck. But again, you know, I guess uh, um, they didn't have time to think of all those Grand Powers. But yeah, overall, this finale yeah. was pretty good. It felt very reminiscent, especially in the second episode um, of like Countdown to Destruction, which is... I don't know if I want to call that the best finale in Power Rangers, because I still, I still preferential to the Time Force finale, but Countdown to Destruction is still awesome. I mean, so part of... I think it's my most favorite. So... Something back to what Nathan just said. Um, it may not be that they couldn't think of how to handle all the grand powers. It might have been that honestly, they might have needed more time in the series, like maybe another ten episodes or something to do it all. Because you know they don't really have time to do a tribute episode with every single season individually. Which is a big part of why Bosco exists, if you really ask me, because Bosco got, what, five teams? I don't know, just knocked out. Meaning, they only have to do 30 tribute episodes, and from that, I mean, they still don't have to do a lot, because of the movie game so many as well. So, they, they were able to cut down the number of tribute episodes, the tribute episodes that they did, simply by having Bosco be around and then also the movie. And I don't think it's because they were unable to think of an idea for him, because I'll tell you what, this whoever wrote this season, they thought of so many details and so many ideas that I can't imagine them being like, oh, well, we have 34 Sentai to come up with a grand power for. We're only going to do 20. No, that's that's not like them, I don't think. I think it's more of a production problem where they couldn't fit everything in production and so they had to cut some ideas out before they even got to, you know, produce them. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Um, I think the other cool thing that I like, it was a pretty nice touch. Uh, they got... Um, like I said, uh, during the final scene, we get a bunch of uh, former Sentai Rangers to appear um, to get their Ranger keys back. Um, not all of them, of course, because that'd be way too much work. But uh, um, funnily enough, uh, now, now a couple of them are ones that we've already seen in the show. Uh, of course, they get Doggy Kruger, Decamaster, because, you know, you could get anybody to just be in that suit. Um they they got a uh, Vol Eagle who we saw in forty nine and uh, five yellow, um, 
But we also saw a couple that we didn't see before, and not all of them have lines. Uh, like I said, we got a Shoji uh, and Kazu from Die Ranger. They're both Tinma and Kirin Ranger. Um, we got uh, Sho Tatsumi, who is the former Go Green, who uh, that's the Green Lightspeed Ranger. Um, Hoka Ozu or Maji Pink, which is funny because uh, um, apparently uh, the woman who played Hoka Maji Pink once said that she didn't want to come back to be on Super Sentai. Uh, that didn't age well, um, even though it was just five seconds. <laughs> but she, she said a line, so that counts. Yeah. Um, uh, Miu Sukdo, uh, go on silver, who. Uh, uh, who I'm just going to say has aged pretty well since Go Andre, just going to say. Um, and like I said, they also got a, of course they got Ranger because, you know, much like uh, Ranger is one of those characters where if you're ever doing a tribute, you just kind of have to include him. It's like, it's like trying to do an anniversary for Power Rangers without Tommy. Like Tommy is the face of Power Rangers. I would say that Ranger is kind of the main hero that's like the face of Super Sentai. So it makes sense. Uh, that it was pretty subtle. Uh, the, the, it, it was pretty good. Uh, only thing I question is that uh, when we see Kruger get his Ranger key, uh, we see Signalman, that's the blue Centurion, walk up next to him. I always wonder how uh, how does someone like the Signalman work with a Ranger key? Because like like I can get it with Ghost Saint Knight. Like we saw that in a the Ghost Sager crossover movie, because Ghost Knight has, like, an alternate form. Signal Man's Ranger form is his only form, so was he, like, dead and he just came back to life through the Ranger key or something? Like, that didn't really make much sense. Uh, kind of weird, but... We will you never know. know. He might turn into a Ranger key to be given to Gokaiser. I guess. And the same goes for Zubon, too. I think that's the those are the only two that uh didn't have human forms with those ranger keys that they got from Bosco. Um I will say I'm glad that the uh I forget the name in American, but it was the wheel in um the little totem thing they had in either Zeo or Turbo. Uh, Oryx the Conqueror. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't like bring him out to like be a extra or something. Yeah, because he I don't was, know how to explain yeah. that. He was only in like two episodes of Zio, and he was pretty lame. And uh, he was actually kind of lame in O Ranger, so I'm kind of glad they didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, if we're done talking about the finale, uh, we should now. Uh, transition into uh talking about uh Gokaiger overall. Um I'd like to uh I'd like to start off with just talking about the uh, anniversary theme of this Sentai um cuz we're we're going to go um we're going to go over some uh all different elements. We're going to start with the anniversary theme. Um I'd say that uh now, again, I still need to see Ju Oger all the way through, and I need to see Zen Kaiger. Yeah. But, uh, but as far as, but if I'm looking at this strictly from the perspective of Go Kaiger, like at the time, like I'm a guy who's watching this in like 2011, you know, 
or 2012, something like that. Um, I would say that Gokaiger definitely went all out. Now, funnily enough, that might have actually hurt Super Sentai a little bit because, like, um, you know, some of the next few Sentais to come after Gokaiger had really big shoes to fill. What's funny is that uh, Go Busters was apparently not to, uh, which is what came after Gokaiger, uh, was apparently not that big of a success, um, which sucks. That's probably the one downside to Gokaiger. Like, it set the bar so high that it's like, how are you going to be able to top that? Um, because, like, with, with other anniversary themes, uh, like, and I'm going to look at the other two anniversary seasons, which I've seen. Uh, before this, and I'm not going to go into like explicit detail, just a general rundown. Like with Gal Ranger, I don't know how that can count as an anniversary season because there's no real um, nods to previous Sentai in Gal Ranger. Sure, they have Gal Ranger versus Super Sentai, the anniversary special, which is really good. I love that. But the season itself, not so much. Then you have Bokinger. Now, I love Bokinger. I think it's a great Sentai. But if I but I love it because I look at it just as another Sentai. You know, I don't try to look at it as an from an anniversary perspective because again, it doesn't really have that much nods to other Super Sentai. Now, they tried a, a couple of different things compared to uh, Gal Ranger, like all of the villains and monsters of the day, were apparently themed after, uh, were had their designs themed after previous mechs. But mm-hmm. to be honest, looking at those villains, um, I never really noticed that until I saw it that that's what they were going with on Ranger Wiki. And of course, you know, Bo Kinger did. <clears throat> Bokendra versus Super Sentai, which sucks. It, I, I honestly feel like the people who did Bokendra didn't really care about the anniversary element. So for this one with the anniversary element, they don't just pick it, pick it up a notch from Gokaiger. It's like they went from like 10% to 100% in like one stroke. Like, okay, we're going to bring back a bunch of, you know, Sentai Rangers, we're going to have, you know, we're going to have tribute episodes, you know, to kind of, you know, pay homage to those Sentais. We're going to have the Gokaijers transform into previous Rangers, you know, and what's funny is that you could almost kind of say that this kind of uh, feels like a really good element because it's not just, you know, I would say it almost kind of feels a little bit like a sort of a, you know, um, um, you know, I haven't seen much of Batman Beyond, but I do know that, like, you know, Batman Beyond is all about a character named Terry McGinnis kind of taking up the mantle from, you know, Bat from the previous Batman, Bruce Wayne, and not really <clears throat> knowing much about his legacy. You could almost kind of say that with the Go Catchers as well, because they're not from Earth. Yeah, they don't know anything about the Super Sentai. Literally, in the second episode, when the kid is telling them about Super Sentai. Luca is like, Super Sentai? What's that? So it's not just about this team of, like, you know, 
characters, like already knowing about the Super Sentai and trying to live up to the legacy, it's about people who don't know anything about Super Sentai, and they're trying to live up, and they're tr- and they're learning about it as they go on. And I, um, I think they handled it pretty well. I mean, like I said, uh, not all of the tribute episodes are amazing, but they went all out. The only real complaint I can say is that they probably set the bar too high for the remainder of the um, of the uh, remaining anniversary seasons. Although Zinkaiger looks like it's definitely going all out with some of its ideas. Um, so yeah, uh, I would say that on the anniversary theme, they they took what the other what its two predecessors were doing, and they just. It's like they took that car that was only traveling at like five miles an hour and they put their foot all the way on the gas pedal and sped up from five miles an hour to 400 miles an hour in like one move. And it worked completely. And that's my two cents. You guys want to say anything about the anniversary thing? Uh, for the theme, I'll just say um, that. What? Oh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, um, it did a really good job of like you know giving us like not an entire like you know encyclopedia of what each Sentai was or you know was it, um. And I do like that, like anniversary anniversary uh seasons like like of Sentai that introduce like that do does their own story, but still like tells like oh this is the Sentai that did this back in the day or this back in the day you know so I gotta give props for that too. Yeah, I was gonna say that from all the Sentai anniversaries that I've read about because. Remember, I've only seen Gokaiser and I'm working on Zenkaiser right now, but I've read about other anniversary seasons and what they do. And, you know, I've seen most of the Ozer. Um Gokaiser is the only one that really kind of gives a proper tribute to its legacy. Didn't I mean, you watch know... Cure Uger too? Hmm? Didn't you watch Cure Uger too? Yeah, but there's no anniversary season there. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Misunderstood. No, I'm saying I watched the Ozer, which yeah. is an anniversary season. Okay. Yeah. There's also anniversary season, and Gokaiser obviously is too. Um, and I'm just kind of ranking that, you know, uh, Gokaiser's the supreme one because, like Anthony said, they gave the newbies like me a way to understand and prioritize. Which seasons do you want to watch after? So, for example, I know I'm not super interested in Ghost mm-hmm. Saber, but you know I'm pretty interested in seeing Geki Ranger. I'm pretty interested in seeing um, Bokens. There, I'm pretty interested in seeing a couple of others like that. So, you know, having having that quick mm-hmm. glimpse into the different Sentai teams and being like, okay, here's my list of twenty Sentais I do want to watch. That is helpful. That that helps you in, get introduced to the se- series and the franchise so that you can 
more easily determine what you want to watch because you're not basing it off of some list of things on Reddit or some other website of people saying, well, Sinkhenzer's the best, you got to watch that next. No, it's, you're seeing Sinkhenzer, you're seeing Bokhenzer, you're seeing all the different teams, and you can decide on your own what seems the most interesting to you. Because, um, quite frankly, I, I would probably not agree with some of the online list. So I would rather not have to watch the stuff that's not interesting and miss out on something that's potentially very interesting. So Gokaiser did a really good job there. Um, in terms of like just what they did, um, this is how an anniversary season should be done every time for anything. Mm-hmm. You you bring all the nostalgia out. You hit the fans with nostalgia over and over again. And, you know, like, you you craft a plot around the nostalgia. You don't just, like, hit them with, like, oh, look, here's this thing you saw, like, 20 years ago. Haha, look awesome, right? But you weave it into a story. You make it relevant. You make it interesting. And that's the good guys you did. Zenkazer's doing something similar but again, I'm only like 12 or 13 episodes in, so I can't see how it works long term. But in the ones I have seen, they're doing a pretty bang up job, like kind of going over what the old Sentai powers are. I mean, we're not seeing the cameos, we're not seeing the suits, but we're seeing the powers, and that's pretty cool to me, too. Yep. Um,. So to me, mm-hmm. Gokaiser did the anniversary thing right. I, I think, hands down, best anniversary thing to exist. Um, I don't want to make the comparison because they're not comparable, I don't think. But I would reference that another good example of a good crossover anniversary type season or movie would be the Doctor Who um movie where they have like one scene where they have 13 doctors all interacting together as like a celebration of doctor who um this season was on level with that except i think they did it much better than gokaiser mm-hmm. so those are my thoughts on the mm-hmm. anniversary so yeah yeah i definitely feel like so I, I had watched a couple of Sentais before I watched Gokaiger. I was watching Shinkenger here and there. Um, that was when Power Ranger Samurai was airing. Uh, I, had, uh, I had watched a couple of episodes of Time Ranger, and I was watching Jetman all the way through. But, um, you know, I could see, you know, people watching Gokaiger from, you know, just strictly from, like, the perspective of, like, this could be a great introduction to Sentai because that's the beautiful thing about Super Sentai. Like, you know, unlike, you know, the first six seasons of Power Rangers where you kind of have to watch Mighty Morphin through uh, In Space in order in order to uh, get the idea of what's going on. Um, you know, with Super Sentai, you, I mean, you could watch the 45th Sentai first and then the next Sentai you could watch uh, the, the second, you know. That that's the beauty of how Sentai is done. And, you know, I think Gokaiger 
at the very least, is a perfect way to introduce newbies to the show. And I, I definitely feel like that's if if anything, that's the one good one of the best things that Gokaiju did. I feel like it brought a new audience because. You know what? What's funny is that, uh, you know, when when uh, Super Sentai was adapted here in the Power Rangers uh, Super Mega Force, it was almost universally despised. And I guarantee you, the reason why it was despised was because probably like ninety percent of the fan base, and that ten percent are probably just you know little kids that don't know what Sentai is and they don't care. Ninety percent of the fans had seen Gokaiger, so right. It's like I guarantee you that was probably one of the reasons why you, Super Mega Force is just universally panned. I don't think I don't think that's hundred percent true, Nate. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that ninety percent of the fandom has seen Gokaiser, and that's why Super Mega Force failed. I think it's the fans wanted more, and oh. they got nothing. Okay. Well, I can see that, but I, I get, yeah. at the very least, I feel like like Gokaiger helped really bring over a new uh, a new fan base for Super Sentai because Gokaiger came out at probably the perfect time for the American audiences because this was 2011. You know, people started to watch Super Sentai in the states around 2009 because you know Disney had just canceled the show with RPM, so. For a lot of people to watch Gokaiger while it was airing, they could be introduced to all these different, all these different uh, seasons. And I really feel like Gokaiger helped grow an international audience for Super Sentai, at the very least. Oh, absolutely. 100% yes. My only disagreement with you was that mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair to say that 90% of the American fan base yeah. um, had seen Gokaiger, even though Gokaiger is. I mean, because, like, yeah, I can see how you would disagree with me there, but, like, I, I, I just think that it's interesting how after Gokaiger ended, there was a much bigger American fan base, and you can see it with how merchandise was in the States. Like, oh, yeah. you know, I remember, brief, I remember there was a brief period of time uh, Toys R Us would, was briefly selling the the Japanese versions of the mechs, like they sold Shinkano, they sold uh, Gosei Great from Gosager. I think they sold Gokaio at one point. Um, and for, for a while, Shout Factory was mm-hmm. releasing DVD sets with subtitles for Super Sentai. And, mm-hmm. they, and they made it all the way from G-Ranger to Hurricaneger, plus Jetman. Um, yeah. So I really think yep. that you can ultimately thank Gokaiger for growing the international audience. Yeah, I agree with that. That I will say yes. Um, so I think Gokaiger Gokaiger may have ended here in 2011, but the impact of Gokaiger is not something the fandom will forget anytime in the next decade, even from today. Um, because if you look at the online forums and the reactions to even the movie, um, there's a lot of love for Marvelous. There's a lot of love for the cast. Even Don. I mean, you know, he's 
kind of derpy. It's kind of weird, but the package deal of all six of them, that that's a strong team of Sentai members. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember watching Tokyo mm-hmm. and that was... I hate to make the pun, guys. I really do, but that was a train wreck. It was. Um... So Kyuser wasn't strong. Yeah. I barely remember any of the characters except for Kagura. And I don't remember Kagura because I just watched Super Sentai Battle, which is a uh, four or five part episode thing where they have like all Sentais do a battle royale battle thing with a, in a movie format. But I mean, they're not memorable. Yeah. They mm-hmm. were not. Um, Nin-Nins are the only reason I remember I, any I, characters. I actually remember the Tokyo's. I remember. I only remember the uh, the uh, the other the three, which was uh, Tokyo, uh, Gogo, and uh, I think Yongo, and uh, was the third one. Uh, was what was Six Ranger? Uh, Orange. Roku yeah, I don't remember what, the, what, the, what his uh, his uh, name was. Rokugo, thank yeah. you, Rokugo. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and I just heard the last the last three of the members. <laughs> like, and I think the impact that the Gokaijers had really showed. <laughs> literally, I think the impact showed literally the year after Gokaiger came out. Because what's funny is that uh, the year after Gokaiger ended. It might, it might have been the same year, uh, 2012. Um, they made a movie, uh, and this was kind of a series for a while. Um, uh, to my knowledge, it's been discontinued since, um, called Superhero Tyson. Uh, that was a series of movies that was made to be like a crossover between the uh, Super Sentai and the Common Riders. Although, to my knowledge, as the movies went on, it began to focus more on more on Kamen Rider and Super Sentai just kind of, uh, like, fizzled out with their appearances, but that's beside the point. Um, in the original movie, which, keep in mind, aired when uh, Go-Busters was the airing Sentai, the Go-Busters only... Well, okay, their Ranger forms appear a lot. They're... Human forms, the Go-Busters, they're only in that movie for, like, five minutes. That movie predominantly revolves around Captain Marvelous and Joe. Um, now, to be fair, they also it doesn't revolve too much around uh, the Kamen Rider characters that were, that were around at the time, which was Forze and Meteor. It, uh, it revolves around uh, Kamen Rider Decade, which is, funnily enough, the Kamen Rider season that inspired... Uh, Gokaiger. But if anything, I really feel that Superhero Tyson was a clear sign that even though Gokaiger ended, you could tell that Toei wants to do as much as they want, like as much as they can possibly do with these characters, because they they found a re- they found a way to make the Gokaijers the main characters, well, okay, mainly Marvelous and Joe, but that still counts. Um you know, they found a way to make those two guys the main focus of a movie that came out when GoBusters came out. Of course, they brought the GoCadgers back for a GoBusters crossover for the GoBusters crossover movie. They brought Marvelous back for that, uh, like Super Sentai battle thing. 
that Riz was talking about. They brought back the Gokaijers for a team-up episode in Juoger. Like, Gokaiger may have been over 10 years later, but and they just released a movie. Like, Toei is determined to keep the Gokaijers around until the end of time. Well, yeah. so the reason... Let, let's kind of break this down for a second here. Because you bring up an interesting point, but there's a counterpoint to be made here. The appearance in GoBuster is the annual um, team-up episode, right? Between the crossover of past Yeah, I know, I know that part, yeah. Yeah. So, no, I know you know that. I'm just breaking it down for everyone, not just you. So, bear with me a second here. Sorry about that. Um, Tizen, I haven't seen it, so I don't know much about it to say what's going on. Um, but Zeozer is the other cro- is the other anniversary. So I think what they're going to do is, for as many anniversaries as they can, they're going to bring back Gokaiser because, so, they have Ranger keys and they sell. So, yeah, they're going to bring back the Ranger keys and maybe they'll make Zeozer Ranger keys. I don't know if they have, but if they have, they should have. They have it. Yeah, they've made Ranger Keys all the way up to uh, Kira Major now. Yeah, so I mean, they're going to keep doing that because that's a toy gimmick for them. And having them appear in the anniversary season gives them a way to say like, hey, so remember how we did the keys up until um, Zeodzer? Well, cool. Now you can have up until Kira Major because the Zenkazer thing happens. Or the, in this case, the 10 years later movie. So a lot of it has to do with the toy sales and that it's an easy way for them to keep marketing the same thing over and over again. And quite frankly, I mean, you're, you're a key collector. You understand it. You want to keep getting the keys for the current seasons coming out. Um, so it just makes sense that you would continue Gokaiser. Um, a strong cast, a strong plot. Fan favorite characters across the board. I mean, the only characters that people may not be as supportive of would probably be like Ahim and Doc and maybe Guy. Yeah, we'll we'll talk a little bit more. I have like an entire section reserved for characters on that. Uh, we'll talk about yeah. that in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but I just want to like point yeah. out, like, you know. But uh, to move on to uh, another section, I think we've uh, definitely established that Gokaiger is a um, great anniversary theme, and it's had an impact that is never going to go away from Sentai. Um, we're going to talk about characters. Uh, we're not going to talk about the Gokaiger characters just yet, though. Uh, we need to talk about the uh, villains. Um I'm going to say this. Uh, the villains, I think, are the... Uh, um, so the villains seem like I would honestly say like maybe the weakest point of this show. Now, not now, not all of them. Bosco is a great villain. Um, Bosco is probably one of my top ten favorite villains. Uh, I think he's an interesting concept. You know, being kind of like a freelance guy um, who. Uh, you know, um, doesn't really associate with the main villains or anything. 
Of course, Bosco has to be a great villain because unlike the other characters who are just people in suits, he's actually a face character. Like, he has a human form, which means that he's able to show more emotion in his face. I love Bosco. He's not a deep villain, but what makes him awesome is that he's just one, like, he's an entertaining villain because it's not that he's not a deep and complex villain, but he knows that he's evil. He knows that he's a jerk. He knows that he's a bad person and he's having fun with it. (laughs) He loves what he's doing. And I enjoy that. But as for the Zonyak villains, um, I'm not, I'm not too fond of any of the Zonyak people. Um, Warzugil, I think, is the most interesting at first because, you know, he kind of, you can tell from the beginning that he has this, uh, this story going where he kind of wants to impress his father, but it's hard to really be sympathetic for him because he's a spoiled brat, kind of annoying. Um, Barizorg, I mean, his story of being a former friend of Joe is fine, but I don't think that there's much depth to him as a character considering that they literally established that you can't turn him back. So it's not like he has much of a, an internal conflict. Um, Domerus was really badass in his final episode, but he didn't do much before that. Uh, Insarn was boring. Her whole, her whole uh, story of wanting to prove herself and like prove herself worthy was literally just in one episode. And Actos Gill and Durando. Now, I, I love Actos Gill's design. I think he looks really intimidating. I love his design. But as far as the villains go, like, they just never really quite did it for me as characters. Now, I will say that as far as, like, establishing them as a powerful force, you get that across pretty good. You know, you... There's multiple episodes where they, you know, just launch, like, some air attacks and the Gokai just have to fight it off. So, I do get the vibe that the Zanyak are, like, this super powerful empire and they are a force to be reckoned with. So, just from the intimidation point, they're good. But as characters, all of the villains except Bosco just kind of suck. I would... Add a note, because I loved Zelicito as a villain. Okay, Zelicito was funny. I I liked him. He just wasn't one of the main villains. Like, when you're talking about, like, villains of the day, there were a couple of awesome villains of the day, and I would definitely put Zelicito up there. But as far as, like, the ones that were there from, like, start to finish, if you understand what I mean. No, I get it. I'm just pointing out that Celestino was a man of culture. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of the villains, Anthony? Yeah, like you said, they were just kind of just there. They didn't really give me much like to go with. Um, I kind of did like Domerus, but only because like. He was the really the only one that actually kind of like really cared about the about the um but uh Moore's Guild, but he failed in an act to like you know stop him from you know getting stuff killed, which really wasn't his fault because I mean he was just following his 
the law and the son's orders. Son wanted him to wanted to fight. He fought. He died. So that should be on him. Mm-hmm. And, to, and to put that man, you know, basically in jail for like, you know, to imprison him to execute him like he did something wrong is just messed up. Rizwan? The villains? But I will say um, that yeah. I, did, I did enjoy um, Bosco as a character because, like, Yeah. Um. So for me, the villains, I I like Bosco. Yeah, we Y'all hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. I can hear you now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure. You you there? You good? I'm here. Okay. Cool. Oh, okay. you still make the tape? Okay. I thought I thought you wanted me to. Oh, no, um, I was, I was, but yeah, of course, were... as far as Bosco's concerned, I like, I just like the fact that how crappy he is. Hmm? Say again, Anthony? Say it again? Uh, yeah, can you say that again? I said, too? um, I just, I find, uh, Bosco to be a very Anthony going too. Yeah. Hmm? Go ahead, uh, Riz, and, uh, Give us your thoughts. So my thoughts are that Bosco was a great villain for Marvelous, but I also so Bosco was a tool for the series to give a better villain because so Wars Gillu was not a good villain. Um, The Emperor kind of sucked. He was not at all interesting. And Sarn and Darmad, Dar Darmas, whatever his name is. Darmus. Dar- um, Darmus. For some reason, I don't want to say Darmanitan, but that's a Pokemon. Um, carrying on. <laughs> um, yeah, they're just not interesting. Zelosito was really fun, but he's not a main villain like Nate said. Uh, Bosco was great. Honestly, if we had like a better. A better way to have handled Gokaiser, maybe, would have been to cut out the Zanyak completely from the series and make it a treasure hunt between Bosco and Marvelous. Like, straight up, that's the only villain you needed. Yeah, or you could, uh, like, maybe you could have done, well, maybe this wouldn't have worked because there was something similar with how Bokinger did it, but, like, Maybe have the main, all the main, like, you could have Bosco and then, like, maybe a bigger villain faction, you know, maybe they're, uh, maybe they're also pirates, and Mm -hmm. it's a bunch of rivaling pirate gangs trying to find the greatest treasure in the universe, and, you know, um, you know, Bosco, you could have Bosco do his thing and then have, uh, you know, the main villains, like, maybe they're looking for former Sentai Rangers and trying to kill them. So that they can take the powers by force, and what makes the Gokadgers different is that they're playing their games fair, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean the, the Zanyak are just very stock. We're some evil organization, and we want to take over the world. Type of, you know, villain faction. Yeah, I mean there was no death to them. I mean. 
honestly, like when Marvelous mentioned at the end, let's go to the Zanyak home world. I got excited for a moment because I actually want to know more about the Zanyak. And so if we went to their world and we saw it, maybe we'd understand better who they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because as it stands, we don't really know much about them at all. Well, I mean, it takes a lot to make some really good uh, Sentai villains. Um, you know, you usually have to, uh, you know, almost kind of make them like major characters with development. Like, I would say that probably... Uh, the best Sentai to handle its villain, as far as character development is concerned, is Geki Ranger, because mm-hmm. you could you could almost kind of swear that Rio is more of the main character than the Geki Rangers themselves, with all the focus he gets. Um, so, uh, but but yeah, I mean, it, but I can forgive how forgettable the Zanyak is because. You know, in a show like Super Sentai, you're always going to have villains who are evil just for the sake of being evil. So, at least we have Bosco. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the uh, big, uh, the big uh, course for this review. Um, we're going to be talking about the Gokaijers one by one. Uh, we're going to start off with Marvelous. Uh, who I'm, um, I'm just going to say, uh, you know, we can kind of have some free discussion um, in a second. Uh, Marvelous is awesome. Uh, I don't know if I would say he's my favorite Red Sentai Ranger. Um, that would probably still either be Red Hawk from Jetman or Shinkin Red to Keru. Um, but Marvelous is a top five for me. Top ten at worst. Um, I... I always feel like, you know, he's really well-developed because it's like he, you know, you get the vibe from him early on that he's kind of a jerk that's just out for his own, you know, that's just out for his own purposes and he doesn't care about Earth, but he probably cared about Earth even right from the starting gate. And I think the speech that he gives at the end is awesome. Um and I really think that Bosco helps him with his character development because even though Marvelous can be portrayed as a jerk sometimes, he's nowhere near as ruthless as Bosco. And I think that that was great. Um, but, you know, I don't want to talk too much about Marvelous because he's Rizwan's favorite uh, um, Gokaiger and probably his favorite Sentai Ranger. So I'm just going to say that he's great. And uh, for all you guys back home that want to hear just how awesome he is, uh, you know what? I'm just going to let Riz talk about that because I don't want to be a jerk and rid Riz of an opportunity like this. Yeah, Nate. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Marvelous is a very fascinating character to me. Not only was he just a badass in his attitude, um, he played the pirate role perfectly. He was um, only concerned with himself. He was only concerned with treasure, just like a good pirate could be. But the thing that made him interesting and fascinating to me was not the fact that he was a badass with the attitude. It was 
the heart and his soul. I mean, even in the second episode, when he meets that kid and he starts to like try and understand the world, like he didn't have to try and understand the world. He was there for treasure, but he got interested and he wanted to know more about what was the value of the earth. And when he was challenged, you know, he, he kind of, I think he took it seriously in that he actually started trying to observe the world to see what's going on. Like, he he just, he made an effort, and I think it paid off because, you know, you see him, and he has grown from just being this ruthless, heartless guy who wants to treasure to let's save the entire world from the Zanyak army. Um, so, yeah. I, I, I like that part about him. I also love the the uh, um his backstory with Aka Red and Bosco and how all that played out. Um that was a really good story. Seeing him and, and Bosco together was also very fascinating. Um because Marvel is very serious and Bosco's kind of flamboyant. Um so their interactions are very interesting because they got this flamboyant crazy guy just trying to like get a rise out of the serious one and he's not taking the bait he kind of just does his own thing so it's nice it's great um he the the best part about him is he saw the good in everyone that he brought into the group doc was by no means a great pirate he was a repairman, mechanic guy, and Marvel saw the value in him and said, hey, look, you're a pirate now. Come join us. And he did, and he he never once got frustrated at um at Doc. He never once got frustrated at Ahim for being a princess with no formal combat training. He He worked with her. He trained her. He let her grow and become her own person within the crew. And it takes a very special kind of man, I think, to tolerate Guy all throughout. Like, (laughs) that's a talent, all right? Because I would have pulled a uh, Zen from Time Force and been like, hey, so thanks for telling us that there's a sixth ranger but hand over to Gokai Cellular and Keys now and just get out of here. We'll figure it out ourselves. We don't need you. They could have done that, right? Like, that, that's a possibility. But he didn't. He yep. recognized the need for Guy, and he tolerated him very well. I mean, you know, he never actually... He never actually, like, went to those Sentai classes and participated but he didn't stop it he didn't tell the others to, it's a waste of time he he felt if don and ahim wanted to learn about it and gain more knowledge help the crew so be it but he's going for ice cream because he's like that <laughs> yeah he's just doing his own thing yeah so marvelous is a very good character 
Um, obviously, I have not seen as many Sentai as these guys have, but um, he's my favorite grid. He's my favorite Sentai member. Um, hands down, fantastic character. And a lot of people will say that he's only liked because he's a badass, but I think I've done enough work here to kind of convince you that there's more to him than just being a badass. And if not, drop me a line. We'll talk more. I'm always open to that. Well, even if he's only a badass, I mean, that's a good enough reason to like him. Well, a lot of people want to, like, have, you know, more of a storyline um, and more detail and depth. But I think Marvel's had a really good storyline to go with the badassery. Yeah. A lot of people a lot of people overlook that I find when we when I talk to them about it, they say, Oh, well Marvel is great, but you know, that's a cop out answer if you're like not like that's it's the answer a lot of people give and a lot of the other people who are into this fandom they use it as a gatekeeping because if you tell them you like uh Marvelous they're going to turn around and say, well, that's only because you've only seen Gokaiser. You don't know the greatness of insert character name here from the season they like. Yeah. So, there's a lot of interesting stuff in our fandom about Marvelous and all, but I think when you really look at it, he it's merited. He has good merit to be a favor for many people. Mm-hmm. So, those are my thoughts, Nate. I'm not going to go any further, because if I do, we could be here until literally 6 o'clock in the morning, so please, please take it from me. <laughs> Anthony, you want to give your two cents on, uh, on Marvelous? Oh, he's just a badass through and through. Um, you can't really say make too many Red Rangers literally, like, will like literally like stab their own toe along with another Another villain's like foot just to do they still stay still. Mm-hmm. Just okay, that was them. a complete badass move right there. Marvelous has even more respect. <laughs> yeah. So moving on to uh Joe. Um so I established this uh early on in the review. Uh Joe is my favorite Gokaiger. Um I I love his, uh, and I, I think the big thing that I love about Joe, so his backstory is fine. It's a typical backstory. You know, he lost a friend of his, um, you know, and he wants to get his friend back and save his soul. Um, but I think, you know, I can never quite guess why. I, okay, when I was originally watching it, I liked his, you know, serious and like, you know, um, his serious and like, uh, you know, cold demeanor, you know, but being like a swordsman, I thought that was cool. Um, but, uh, I think, you know, looking at it now, like 10 years later, I think the big thing I love about this is that I love about him is that there's a lot of subtlety, I think with his character. Like, I don't like, first of all, I think, uh, you know, Yuki Yamada who plays Joe is, uh, probably the best actor out of the group. Um, just, uh, you know, um, which I think is telling considering how uh, of the, um, go uh, 
the only one that my girlfriend from Japan recognized was uh, the guy who played Joe. He's not super super big, but he uh, but he has been in a couple of things, and he also works really closely with uh, Ryo Yoshizawa, who uh, he became good friends with when he was with uh, Gokaiger because uh, Gokaiger would film alongside Common Rider Forze, and uh, Yoshizawa was a uh, Ryusei Common Rider Meteor. And uh, he's apparently really big in Japan now. So, uh, of course, him being associated with a big actor, you know, really helps him. And the reason why I bring up his acting is because I feel like there's a lot of subtlety in his character. Where, when you look at him just on the surface, he looks like this guy that just doesn't care. Like, he never, he rarely smiles. He doesn't compliment people. But I always got the feeling that, like, in general, he's like a serious guy who doesn't like to show his emotions, but he cares about his Gokaijers to the point where he kind of looks at them all like bodyguards. Like, there's a lot of episodes like where he's fighting alongside Don, and you know, Don is you know kind like I remember one particular moment where uh, where um, he and Don are battling some of Bosco's Ranger Key clones, and there's a point where Don like falls back, and he's like getting cornered and Joe is all like, oh my God, looks like I got to go save Don again. But he still does it and he tries to help Don. Um, you know, I feel like, mm -hmm. I feel like overall he has this personality where he doesn't really talk. Like he's not going to tell you that he loves you, but he does. And he's going to protect you. He's, he's a man of action and not of words. And right. that's what I like about him. Um, you know, I feel like he's he's probably a really good friend that you want to have because he's going to show you not in his words, but his actions that he cares about you. Um, I feel like he has a little bit of a, you know, I love the, you know, I, I feel like he has strong relationships with, uh, with um, Don uh, and probably... Uh, Luca, although, like I said, I'm kind of a shipper between him and I am because I don't know, just the idea of like a princess being with, you know, falling in love with the swordsman that's supposed to protect her. I mean, isn't there just something kind of poetic about that? I don't care if you guys disagree with me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, he's not my favorite. Yeah, he's not my favorite blue Sentai Ranger. Uh, like I said, that's Time Blue. He's number two, though. And it's it's very close. I I'm still a huge fan of Joe. Uh, you guys want to give your two cents on him, though? Go for it, Anthony. Let me go first. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really do like him. Uh, I I like the quiet, uh, you know, cool demeanor type characters. Um, he definitely has the uh. The second in command, uh, down like attitude down packed. He does seem like the type of guy that was just like he won't say much, but his actions speak louder than words. Yep. So, I'm gonna touch on a part of Joe that I kind of noticed, but I don't think it's ever really well talked about. Okay. So Joe is on the surface, very quiet, reserved, stoic. 
like you guys mentioned, but when you really get down to it, he's kind of a jokester on some levels. Like he he trolls Guy a lot. Um, not like haha, here's a meme, but he's sarcastic in a fun, nurturing, friendly way. He doesn't outright like insult you, but he'll make a sarcastic comment like, "Oh, well, look over there," or something. You know, like no- nothing overt, but still, he he has that personality, and I think that has to feed in with he's comfortable with the Gokaiser, so he feels like he can joke with them a little bit, but it's not like he, you know, is outwardly trying to joke, but he'll do stuff his own way. Um, and the other thing is he does love very fiercely. I mean, he literally told Marvelous and Guy in the last episode, go handle the Emperor. There's a rare chance you get to follow your dream and take him out. We'll hold on to Fort here. Like he acknowledged the fact that his teammates had a thing, like their own dream, and he wanted to make sure it happened. Even when he met Marvelous, he said, look, I'm I'm here to be your swordsman now. I'm going to help you get what you're looking for in your dream because I owe you my life. And he kept his word to the end, even, even after. Like, he always, like, was loyal to Marvelous without a fault. And that loyalty is really amazing to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, we'll move on to uh, Luca now. Um, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk too much about Luca because I would like for uh, Anthony to uh, be able to talk about his girl a little bit. <laughs> um, all I just want to say is uh, <laughs> Luca is probably, even though she's not my favorite Go Kaiser, um, she is my favorite Yellow Sentai Ranger. Um, you know, I think uh, you know. First of all. Uh, She's okay. She's hot. Um, yeah, she's very pretty. Um, sorry, oh, Anthony. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to make any moves on your girl. Uh, but um, anyway, you know, like I said, you're you're just giving compliments. That's all. That's that's not fine. Yes, yeah. I approve. Okay, cool. Um, I like tomboyish. Uh, I'm I'm generally a sucker for tomboyish female uh, rangers, um, even if they're not always the most developed. Now, now, honestly, there's times where I kind of prefer the tomboy to be pink, just because I think that's a little bit more interesting. Because pink is like considered the most feminine color, so to have like the person with the most feminine color exhibit traits that aren't usually considered feminine is always funny that you know that's why Boken Pink is my favorite pink Sentai Ranger. But I'm still fine with Luca. I think that she uh you know I just think she's awesome and a badass and I don't wanna I don't want to give any more spoilers. Uh spoilers to what Anthony might say. So I just wanna I'm just gonna say that I'm a sucker for tomboyish and like you know more masculine uh like uh female Sentai Rangers. And that's all I'm going to say. So go ahead, Anthony. Well, as you already know, um, 
yeah, she's my favorite, obviously. Um, this is the fact that she like just is very like she this is the whole thing anything back. Like she'll tell you exactly how you how you are about yourself without even like caring about how you feel personality wise. Like he like she, yeah, you you piss her off, she will definitely you know do get on you. And but she's also sweet too. She has a sensitive side that like she kind of kind of hides it um, at times. And um, but like I said, she's she isn't as quiet as Joe is, but she's also kind of like snarky with her attitude. But she also has like a good heart, and her actions do speak a lot more than when she like actually saying like she'll talk a whole bunch of junk to you, but at the same time she'll like help you out still. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Rizwan, uh, wait, did you have any more, Anthony? Um, she also looks good in the mate outfit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I will start oh, out and love one thing. She was denied. She had so many good and a good episode that episodes dedicated to her that could have easily went to went to Gia for Super Mega Force. But like I said, I'm I'm gonna keep on not keep on bringing up all the past, but that's just my thing. Look, man, I'm with you on this, Anthony, because while Luke your girl, Zia my girl. Yeah, it it works out. It's great. Um, but I will open my comments on Luca with Ursai Baka. <laughs> That's like my favorite line in the entirety of like what she says in this series because it's so it's so Luca. And she says um, Baka so mockingly. Baka. Well, the way she says Urasai Baka, that means set up idiot. Um it's it's just so playful and it's just so it it's just so iconic for her, and I'm glad that that's her line because it fits her. Yeah. Um. Because, like Anthony said, she don't take crap from anyone, and on the surface, you know, she seems like a greedy, money skeeving person. But as you see her character, especially when her childhood friend comes out and they meet, and you see more about her sister and the struggles of their planet and where she ended up, you start to feel for the girl. Like she's. She's had a rough time, and she's just trying to make ends meet, and she found Marvelous, and she found a way to be a freedom fighter against Zaniac, and hell, she's a... In the eyes of the universe, um, and her people, she's a warrior now, and that's not something a greedy, selfish person who's after money only would do. So... Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I think Luke is amazing. I, I think C really in a way C was it's hard to say, right? Like I think on one hand Zoe was second in command, but Luca definitely filled in a good bit there once he could as second in command as well. Um mm-hmm. so I definitely like it. Like, whenever Zoe was incapacitated, Luca took over, um, and she did great with it, and I like that a lot. 
Yep. Um, but yeah, that's all I gotta say about that. Okay, let's move on uh, to Don. Uh, go Fag Green. Uh, oh yeah. So no, let me clarify. I don't hate Don. Okay, that's a that's a great way to start off the analysis. <laughs> um, what what I so as a comic relief character and just what he brings to the team, I think Don is great. I like how all every episode that revolves around him has a consistent theme, which is him trying to bring his own element to the team because, you know, he's not a conventional pirate. He can't fight. He's kind of a coward and he's not strong, but he's also very intelligent and he can cook and he comes up with all these great ideas. And there's a lot of episodes where, you know, they establish what he brings. Like he's the one who motivated Guy to unlock gold mode. He created the Gokai Galleon Buster. So as far as those episodes are concerned, I'm great with. The problem I have with him, and this is why I think he's a little weak as a character, is that unlike the other Gokaijers, which I feel have a um have like painful past and backstories, and you know, they they all have like a personal vendetta against the Zanyak. I don't think that's the case with Don. I mean, Don's, Don's backstory basically boils down to he fled to a planet when the Zanyak destroyed his home planet. The Gokaijers asked him to fix their ship, and then, they thought, and then they said, oh, cool, this guy can cook, and he's a genius. Let's bring him on. Welcome to the team, Doc. And, it, and I think that especially shows in the 49th episode when the Gokaijers are all contemplating over what they want to personally change with the greatest treasure. We, we know what the others are going to. Like, with, with Iam, she talks about wanting to restore her homeworld, which works, because there's an entire episode dedicated to that. We'll talk more about that later. Um, Guy wants to destroy the Zanyak and bring peace to Earth, which is something that has been established as his motivation overall. Luca wants to revive her sister. Because we've established that she has a dead sister, and Joe wants to revive um, his his uh, old friend. Don's desire is that he wants to restore his homeworld, and okay, I get from like a character perspective why he would want that, but I don't think they really establish much that Don struggles. I don't even think that he looked. From the looks of things, he didn't even look particularly miserable or like he had a motivation to fight. And I get that's part of his character. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, when he was recruited by the Gokadgers. So I really don't know. I, I don't know how to rate him. I think, like, on one hand, I think he does a good... I think they do a good job at, like, developing him as someone who uses more unconventional methods to fight. But on the other hand, with all these other Gokadgers who have, like, their dreams and, like their own personal desires, like, you know, Marvelous wants to, you know, get the great treasure. Joe is helping him. Luca wants to, Luca wants to, you know, get something that'll make her enough money to where she can buy a planet and make it a safe haven for people. And I am wants to be a symbol for, uh, you know, everyone's, uh, 
everyone who fled her home planet to be like a symbol of like her fighting against the Zanyak and Guy wants to stop the Zanyak. What is Dawn's dream? That that seems to be something that I don't really understand with that. So again, he he's great. I, I think he has moments where he can be funny, unintentionally, of course. I love his focus episodes, but I feel like he kind of what makes him the weakest is that they don't really is that with all these other Gokaijers that have a consistent dream, I don't think they establish that well or even at all with Don, quite frankly. If that makes sense. Yeah. So Don for me was he was lackluster in story development. Like he didn't really have a backstory, which is kind of odd because everyone else did, um, to some extent. But I think his lack of backstory is made up a little bit by the character development. And while there's, you know, a very constant theme, like Nathan mentioned, of let me prove my worth to the team in my own way, be it cooking or building the uh, Gokai Galleon cannon thing. He did what he could. And, you know, he tried. He he was a really interesting fighter, like the way he used the guns whenever he swapped with uh, Lucio. Hello. Sorry about that. That was, that was me. That was me. My bad. Yeah. You good, man. You good? Um, so yeah, like Don was very lackluster in the fact that he didn't really get a chance to really explore who he was and where he came from. And yeah, I agree, Nate. That was a really kind of weak answer of, I want to restore my homeworld. Like, I, I get your homeworld is destroyed, but like, Give me more on that, you know? Like, what happened? What What are your people? Who did you lose? Did you lose your mom? Did you lose your brother? Did you lose a, a wife? I, I, I don't know. Yeah. No one does. Uh, what did you think, uh, Anthony? Okay, I'm not going to lie to y'all. <laughs> uh, he's not, he was not my favorite. When I first watched the episode, watched the the beginning episodes of him, he kind of got my nerves a little bit. <laughs> always like hiding behind Luca, always like properly like touching her, like bro, like when if if you constantly get hit by somebody that that you tell them not to touch you, don't touch them. <laughs> I've noticed that the entirety of watching <laughs> freaking Gokaiju, like he would love to put hands on people, like like when he's like nervous or whatever, like don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, hey, Don, keep your hands off Anthony's girl. Right. <laughs> but, like, but after a while, he kind of did grow me a little bit, especially the whole, like, you know, I'm, they, even though, even though the story of him being, like, the fake um, hero thing, you know, when that happened, he actually, like, lived up to, lived up to his, like, to what he set out to be it was a hero, and he did save Marvelous. He sure was crazy and, and, and conventional, but he he did it. He did it on his own, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, that was a great focus episode. But overall, I mean, 
like like I said, the go Patrick's all have a theme going here with like their dreams. Mm-hmm. The the other five do. What's Don's? That's just a problem when that seems to be like a very consistent theme with the Gokadgers. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I, like mean, the fact that he, I like the fact that he's also a scientist too, and he makes like the weapons. Like he, he is he's not actually the one that made the weapons, but he did like you know, and at least fixed them. And he did make the Gokai Galleon Buster, so that's also a cool thing he did. Yeah. But yeah, I just like I don't know. He feels very incomplete because, like I said, during that moment where the Gokadgers are all given their speech about how they can't erase the past because the past makes them who they are now, what pain and, you know, adversity did Don face specifically, if you know what I mean? You know? Yeah. It's also no, kind of yeah. funny that like, even the Zanyak are kind of like, Oh, this guy? Oh, he's, he's nobody important. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, one way, let's move on to uh, the next one. Uh, I am. Um, I am, in my opinion, is an example of a character where she's I don't, like she's at, you know, she's the weakest of the Gokaijers until she isn't. <laughs> you know, we we pointed out how um, in the first 10 episodes, she doesn't get a focus episode, um, you know, and it really seems like they're not going to focus on her that much. And then in the middle of the series, they're giving her all these episodes. So like I'm saying, I mean, she was the weakest character until she wasn't, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we get a couple of episodes showing how, you know, even though she's very feminine, uh, she, she, she's not someone to be messed with. The Abba Ranger tribute episode, like I said, is great with how she single-handedly takes down that monster. <clears throat> uh, I love the episode where we find out about her backstory and her motivation to be a pirate. Um, <clears throat> pardon me, I'm sorry. Um, if I'm going to be honest, I think that's the strongest motivation out of all five, out of all six of the Gokadgers. I Obviously, the, the others make sense, but I just, I think that I am is, has the strongest motivation. And I would argue that she's the bravest because at least with the other Gokadgers, they had something to bring to the table from the starting gate, like, you know, Margulis is a pirate, he's done all his stuff with Dr. Red already, Joe is a trained swordsman, Luca is a thief, so she knows how to break into stuff and everything, and Don's a genius. I am, has spent her whole life being pampered, and you know, being spoiled, although, funnily enough, you can tell from, uh, you know, that she uh, always wanted to know about the lives of everyday people. So she wasn't selfish by any means because they established in the Mega Ranger episode that she always wanted to know what everyday people lived like. Um, Mm -hmm. She knows that she can't fight. She knows that she's unable to contribute to anything early on. 
but she doesn't care. Her whole thing is these people killed, destroyed my home world, and maybe I don't know how to fight now, but I can learn. I want to be a pirate. I want to give the middle finger to these people who destroyed my home world, and I want to, you know, send a message to everyone that anyone can fight back against the Zanyak if they're brave enough. And yeah, I think the fact that she had no skills prior to that, that, like, it's easy for Marvelous Joe and Luca to say, screw the Zanyak, because they have skills that they can use against the Zanyak already. She doesn't, and she doesn't care. And she wants to oppose them. I, you can disagree with me, but I, I think that makes her the bravest Gokadger ever, and she is awesome. Definitely a top five pink Sentai Ranger, the more I think about it. Not my favorite, um, but she is in the top five. And I, I honestly can't believe that I, like it, I, I actually appreciate her character a lot more than I did back when I was originally watching this. And I apologize if maybe I took too deep a look into her before you guys give your two cents. But yeah, that that's just touching like she she is a motivating character so um i am has definitely accomplished her mission if you know what i mean so i am is all the things you said um and i'm gonna keep my my thoughts kind of brief because you you basically said everything but I, I just love her character. She starts off as a dainty little princess who we kind of, honestly, we all probably wrote her off as like, eh, she's a princess, she can't fight, she's not really going to be that interesting. But then she is. I mean, the episode where she does all the changing of outfits and all that, that shows a lot of uh strength. You know, like Nathan said she's very courageous as a um Gokaiser. But what Nathan didn't really expand on is why. And the reason I think this is even with all the heartache of losing your entire family, losing your entire world, your planet, she can still be with the Gokaisers and have a new family and feel confident enough to be even a little a little bit of a troll to um the monster of the week that was attacking her and you know she pretended to marry guys she did all the stuff like her fun she was happy she was laughing she was just being herself and seeing that she did all this while living with marvelous in the group that kind of shows that she is what Nathan said, very courageous. I mean, how do you go from losing your family, your world, to living on a space that with weird people and then just kind of still enjoying life? That that's a huge thing. And yeah, I gotta agree, Nate. She's a top pink Sentai Ranger. I mean. I can't say that she'll be top one because I haven't seen enough of them to know like where she'd fall. But as of now, yeah, she's definitely 
definitely top tier at the very least. And um, yeah, yeah. You got anything to add, Anthony? You guys pretty much said have all need to be said already. All right, on to go, God, Silver. All right, let's wrap up uh, the Go Cadger characters with Guy. Um, so, um, I think uh, I don't know what this. So, I think Guy is a great character. I would put him in the top ten. Um, I think that his whole story of being like a Super Sentai fanboy really works well with the anniversary theme. It really helps add a new uh, element to uh, like the respect that they're paying to the legacy of Super Sentai. Um, I uh, I don't know how I would rate him as a comic relief Six Ranger because let's be honest, that's kind of what he's supposed to be. Um, I he was never always funny. Like <clears throat> that part of me. Uh, they try to make him. Uh, they okay. First of all, no, no. There is no one that like. There is no sixth ranger that's ever going to be better than Shinkin Gold as a comic relief character. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Anthony hopefully can back me up on that. Oh, uh, no, he, he's totally right about that. Yeah, and thankfully Riz is going to be able to find that out with the next series we're reviewing. No one is ever going to be better than Shinkin Gold as a comic relief sixth ranger. And I'm sorry. Um, I, I like, I like Guy, um, but if I, if I look past the comic relief character, I think he's about, there's nothing really special about him, like, you know, he ends the series just as, you know, someone who has a little bit more self-confidence in himself as a Sentai Ranger, and someone who's willing to follow his own dream instead of just blindly following what the, uh, what the, um, the Sentai Rangers say, which we get a lot of foreshadowing in with the Gingaman episode, and then it's brought full circle in the second to last episode. Um, I All of the focus episodes that he gets, with maybe the exception of the Time Ranger tribute episode, although that was only kind of vaguely uh, dedicated to him, but every episode, I think, really feels like a natural progression for him. Like, you know, you got the... Uh, um, the episode where, you know, he's just become Gokai Silver in the Ginga Man tribute episode, and he, and you, uh, you know, it's more of a test to see if he's confident enough to be a Sentai Ranger. You got the, um, you got your, uh, um, you got the, uh, the Die Ranger tribute episode where he's been a Gokaiger for quite some time, and maybe he's gotten all excited about being a Gokaiger. So he now has to, uh, has to, um, you know, learn the, tr- remember the true importance of being a Sentai Ranger. So I think he's good. Uh, he's not my favorite Gokaiger, uh, and he's definitely not my favorite, uh, Sixth Ranger. I would put him in the top 10, probably. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's just that, you know, we have, other characters that have much, you know, that I feel 
I don't think he's a character that just doesn't really have to um, undergo that much development because he's already kind of a noble-hearted person. So, yeah, I I liked him. Uh, but what do you guys think of him? So, you summed him up pretty well. In the beginning, I didn't like Guy. Um, I found him very annoying just because... I wasn't used to the idea of the character, so, but that was more so the first time I watched the Sentai. Um, the second time, I started to see more of myself in him because I'm more of a Sentai fanboy now, so I understand why he'd freak out, and honestly, he's not a bad character, and I like him a lot, so, um, yeah, he's he's been pretty cool. Um, oh no, no, sorry, yeah. Riz. See, I know Anthony. Uh, go for it, man. Um, I actually do like uh guy. He didn't really annoy me at annoy me at all, really. I guess because like the fanboy in me kind of like was was you know kind of uh soft on him, so you know I was like, well, he's just a Sentai fan, so I'm not gonna like give him you know crap about it. You know, he just he just enjoy what he loves which is what we but we literally do you know on a daily basis so yeah i will say i'm not really a fan of his um his gokai uh gold mode it's just it didn't look good to me really that was the last thing i actually came up with my own idea on what we, we could do but i'm not gonna uh maybe i'll make my own video talking about that but i'm not gonna talk about that here um, yeah, let's save that yeah. for later. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the last thing, uh, since uh, we're done talking about the characters, uh, just to wrap this up uh, before we do the official uh, wrap up, uh, I want us all to just like you know briefly sum up what we think about Go Kaiger and give a general grade of the series. Um, and I'll go first. I'll just say that uh, I. Gokaiger is still just as awesome as I remember. Um, even before we watched this uh, video series, um, the anniversary season, it, the anniversary theme is awesome. I still love the characters. The music is great. Everything about it is great. Uh, obviously, there's Sentai that I like a little bit more, but it's still awesome. And even before uh, this review, I had already watched Gokaiger uh, quite a few times, and uh, Frankly, I'm probably going to watch it quite a few more times uh, in the near future. That's how good it is. It just has so much rewatch value. So I'm going to give it a, uh, I'm going to say an A minus. Great characters. Uh, there's, it's kind of missing a few pieces here and there, which is why I can't give it a perfect score. But it's, it's pretty good. A plus. I mean, you know, A minus. I'm sorry. Uh, so you guys go ahead and get your uh, give your thoughts briefly. Well, with me, um, I enjoy the store the the characters more. The villains were lacking, so I'll just you know, y'all you already know how I feel about the villains except Bosco. Um, the cameos were cool with the with the different rangers from different teams that were coming back and different characters and, and overall coming back. I would give this pretty much an A. I'm not going to give it an A minus or an A plus. I'll just give it an A. Okay. 
Um, for me, I'm gonna give this an A. I love the characters. I love the story. The villains are kind of meh, so they lose points on that. Uh, overall, very solid first Sentai. Definitely recommend for those that are brand new to Sentai and are wanting to dip their feet into something new. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely something worth uh, checking out if you're a new fan. Yep. You guys got anything else you want to add? No. No, I think I'm good. Okay. Well, guys, back home, uh, we have officially wrapped up our Gokaiger review, at least the series proper. Um, we're not quite done with Gokaiger yet. We're going to be reviewing the Gokaiger 10 Years Later movie, which just recently dropped with subtitles. Uh, we're going to be reviewing it a little bit later this week to close out the year of 2021. Uh, we thank you all for joining us on this uh, um, exciting treasure hunt here in Gokaiger. Uh, we're not, obviously, we're not done yet. We got one little detour left to make before we completely wrap it up. But after we wrap up the Gokaiger, we're going to be taking a break for the holidays, uh, for Christmas and New Year's, um, after which we're then going to come together for our next series, uh, Samurai Sentai Shinkinger. We hope you guys will join us for that one. Uh, we're all really excited for that. Uh, and uh, I also want to make one uh, quick statement here that I'm very proud of all of us for managing to stick to a consistent schedule and actually get this series finished up. I think we all deserve a round of applause for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, we thank you all for joining us. We hope you guys will join us for our Gokaiger 10 Years Later movie. Um, please be sure to like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're not already subscribed. Check us out on all our social medias, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, check us out on AnimeSecrets.org. Uh, once again, we thank you all for so much for watching this video. And uh, we'll see you guys in a couple of days for our final detour on this treasure hunt. But until then, we're sailing off just like the Gokaijers. So. See you later, guys.